This week's podcast brought to you by Salad Spinners. Our eighth grader came back from the first day of school and told us about the new teacher, the new history teacher, who promised that they would have no homework this week, I think, if and only if Arsenal, his beloved Arsenal, uh, beat Manchester United on Sunday. A draw wouldn't wouldn't get them out of homework. So when we were on the beach uh, this Sunday, and I was kept refreshing the Arsenal score, I told our daughter it's it's one to one in the eighty seventh minute. It looks like it's going to end in a draw. Therefore, you're going to have homework, and she was bummed out. And then I told her even worse news in the eighty ninth minute. It's two to one. Manchester United. Arsenal are going to lose. And then when I refreshed the score a few minutes later, I told her, weird good news, it's 1-1 again. The Manchester United goal was disallowed after a video review for, for a, a fractional offside call. And then, but this was now in the 90th plus three or 90th plus four minute of injury time. And so I told her the game was still going to end in a draw. And then when I refreshed the score a couple of minutes later, Arsenal had won. Not two to one, but three to one. So after trailing two to one in the 89th minute, Arsenal won three to one by scoring two goals of their own and taking away one of Man United's goals. Therefore, no history homework. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. So the kids are back at school. The high schoolers had their orientation days last week, but they were standing dutifully under the basketball hoop for the school first day of school photo that we've taken since our oldest, who's now in college, was in kindergarten. And uh, I don't know. It's just gone so fast. I can't believe our second oldest is a senior, and then our son's a sophomore. Our youngest is... She had her first day of school last week in eighth grade, but uh, it's just gone so darn fast. They do warn you about that. Yeah, but you don't listen. Like, I can uh, not vaguely, distinctly remember. When it wasn't going fast enough? Yeah. Well, just I can distinctly remember walking down the street. I don't know if our, our child was in a stroller or in the baby Bjorn. That part is not distinct, but I can remember walking down the specific part of the street and one of our neighbors saying, you know, it goes so fast. People will tell you this all the time, but it goes so fast. And well, now you see, gosh, it's gone fast. Now you see kids who are the age that your kids were, but will never be again. And it kind of reminds you of that. So when we were on a bike path this weekend on Cape Cod, biking towards us, we were walking, but biking towards us was a dad and a mom and maybe a 10-year-old kid who uh, said yeah, probably who about said that. who said to the dad you just hear snippets of conversation as they whoosh past but i just heard the kid say dad i never thought i'd be saying this but can we keep going 
So I assume that kid had graduated from, oh my gosh, I don't want to go on a bike ride. Yeah. The bike ride's too far. Can we stop? To now he's at the point where, can we keep going? Yeah. I was saying to you too, because when I was a kid, we always, that was our summer vacation every year, is camping up at, up at Cape Cod. And uh, one of the strong memories I had um, is driving my 10 speed bike around the campground. And there was areas where um, it was sandy and you'd go too fast around the corner and you'd wipe out because your tires would hit the sand and they'd kind of go out from underneath you. And then I realized that was probably, to me, it's like a super distinct memory from childhood. And it was probably what, from age eight to like age 14, you know, six glorious summers um, where I had that experience, but it's embedded in my brain. And, um, you know, hopefully our kids, six to 14, you know, we'd only have one who's left in that age range who um, hopefully they have those like strong memories, either from their time at the Cape or their time in Minnesota or their time wherever. Um, but it does, it just goes so darn fast. Well, you may, may have also been in a nostalgic mood because at the start of that walk, we were only there for a couple of days, we passed a parked 80s vintage, I would say, Fuji bike, Fuji 10-speed. Oh, uh, yes, yep. I hadn't seen a Fuji 10-speed in, I think, since I was a kid. Yeah. And you had a Fuji, you said. I think I think it was a Fuji. I The only 10-speed I ever had was a black, predominantly black with red writing, and I think it was... Um, I think it was a Fuji because, of course, this is long before a mountain bike existed. We went from like well, banana think, seat bikes to they might have existed. I just didn't, yeah, well, before they existed bike. in my world, anyway. Um, you know, I went from banana seat bike to ten speed, and then didn't have a bike again until I got one when I was out of college. That's when I got my actually my the mountain bike that I still have now is the one I got. Many, many moons ago. And um, at the end of that walk, speaking of nostalgia, um, we were walking back to where we were staying and a, and a woman came out of her house breathless <laughs> yeah. in that neighborhood a few doors down and said, Rebecca, my husband said you were here this weekend and uh, she was holding a 2003 Rebecca Lobo, Connecticut Sun bobblehead, still in the box, which I thought she was going to ask you to sign. So did I. But in fact, she presented it to you, a statuette of yourself, as if you had just won an Oscar, and you were Oscar, So, uh, which was very nice of her. In her front yard, we uh, we stopped and chatted with the, she had a Yukon Huskies license plate frame, and, uh, and now that, uh, that bobblehead, which we've always thought resembled was was made of of surplus Tom Seaver bobbleheads. <laughs> um, uh, we have that prominently displayed. Yeah, I've been um I've been feeling. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the end of summer and, and the start of school and our oldest going off to college. But I have been feeling pretty nostalgic lately for and doing a lot of things. And what <laughs> we're getting the car packed to go to the beach, and. Uh, I said, you know, well, we'll pack the cooler, we'll, we'll pack the sand toys. Um, and I said to our son, you know, if you, if you think you guys will want to make a sand castle or something, forgetting that he turns 15 in about a month. 
Um, well, I hope he forgot that too, because of course we're going to bring shovels to the beach. Well, but you brought shovels. We didn't yeah. bring sand toys. We brought the shovels, and he didn't make a sand castle. Instead, he dug what was sort of a grave that first, he put his that he could sit in. First, was, he dug a small oh, a small pit to to set his beach chair in. Yeah, and that way he could use the edge of the pit as his ottoman. And then he dug it even further so he could Longer. leave the beach tear, chair in there but was kind of below ground didn't have the wind uh, whipping at him and uh it was a grave i i said it was like a it was a man grave like a man cave right. but a man grave he he lounged in that and um, covered it with a beach towel for shade and eventually he did set his chair in there he he set the uh, he drove the shovel into the ground and used the the uh, handle of the shovel as a stick shift. He drove another shovel in in front of him and put a a uh, paddle ball paddle in the handle of the shovel as a steering wheel, and he made a kind of a, a Formula One car uh, out of his beach chair and two shovels. Yes, because so that's what you do at that age. You don't go to the edge of the water and make your sand castle and make sure the moat is. Nope. Strong, so that when the tide comes in, it doesn't. Uh, well, the tide, the tide, we, we we didn't go to the edge of the water. The edge of edge of the water came to us, true. and as as it uh, slowly and then quickly approached us, we scrambled to pick up all the. I mean, it's there were four of us there, but that's what uh, forty five separate items of of beach gear. We scrambled to pick it all up, and uh, it wasn't that much. Well, I could. I it was could, a super reasonable. I could inventory it for low, you here, but it was. It, it was, was. Yeah, it was totally reasonable. But anyway, it was a great way to spend a Sunday of on of Labor Day weekend. Um, that night was it. That night or the night before, uh, you made BLTs. That was the night before. <laughs> Because the tomatoes right now are just out of this world. We Before we, we went out there, we had gone to a local um, farm stand, basically, and gotten a couple just amazing homegrown kind of tomatoes. And um, we also got, like, loaf of bread there from um, that they had made. So we're out, and I said, let's have BLTs for dinner. I was making the bacon, and I was toasting the bread. So... I asked you, can you wash the lettuce? We just had gotten ahead of um, iceberg lettuce, which of course is perfect for BLTs. I said crisp and crunchy. So you were looking for the colander. So I took out the salad spinner and I gave you the salad spinner and uh, so that you could <laughs> wash and clean the lettuce. So I'll keep, I'll keep going unless you want to interject. So you, you know, pulled off pieces of, of lettuce put them in the salad spinner, in, in the colander of the salad spinner, then put that into the spinner itself and and put the lid on. It started, like, making it. Some of them you pull a string, some of you, like... Plunge a plunger. Yes, yeah, so this one you kind of, yeah, it's like plunging a plunger and the thing's spinning in circles. And you're like, how, did, how does this clean it? And I realized I, you had not rinsed the lettuce... Like the colander part, you put under the water, you rinse the lettuce. The, the, the salad spinners essentially, for, as everyone knows, used to dry 
the lettuce. That's not ever, used to wash lettuce. You've it's the drying part of the process. Not everybody. Just, not everybody knows that. <laughs> everybody I, our age knows that. And if you if somebody's listening at home and they don't know what I'm talking about with a salad spinner, or don't think that they would figure it out. That just the spinning part doesn't wash the lettuce. Um, let us know. Send us an email at ballandchainpod at gmail.com. But I took that, video. That I, new, was <laughs> I thought it was a salad centrifuge <laughs> and that you put the, the, the lettuce what, in. And suck whatever yes. dirt was. Do, do you know how a gas <laughs> centrifuge works? So the spinning at, at, at high speed separates the uranium. The ra- uranium goes to the outside. Right, you, uh, centrifugal force. Yes, and and I don't know because it's heavier or lighter, whatever it is. And I thought somehow the the dirt molecules on the lettuce were being separated in the salad centrifuge. That just reminded me. I don't remember where it was. If it was at an amusement park, um, do you remember when they used to have the ride that would spin in circles and you'd stick to the wall? Yeah, and then people would sometimes like go sideways yeah, you were, you were, or upside You were down. stood up in it. Yeah, where was that? Was that at our Six Flags? Well, it was all over the world. But, but like, because I can remember our oldest going in one once. I think it's just at the carnivals, the, the um, church and school carnivals. They don't do. You don't ever see those anymore. Not that I've been to carnivals or to Six Flags in years, but um, the human salad spinner. But, yes, it's a human salad. Human salad spinner. Um, Actually, that would be that was a perfect designed, place. You, 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 you get in it and it goes at high speed, and, and that s- centrifuge uh, is designed to separate people from their money. They, they should have those right outside because oftentimes, like a Six Flags will also have a water park. They should have that ride, but build it slightly different. So it's like a you? salad spinner. <laughs> yes. And you go in and you just stick to the colander part as the water just flows off of you into the rest of it. That's a that's Isn't a great that a idea. Great idea. An incredible idea. So um, anyway, I, I posted the video to my personal Instagram, but I'll also post it to uh, to the Ball and Chain Pod Instagram, so people, if they haven't seen it, can watch you um, not know how to operate the salad spinner. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a podcast, and they've been a, uneventful. But now that I think about it, there have been some events. Uh, my son and I went to a Red Sox-Dodgers game. Our son and you. Pardon? Our son. Our son and I did? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this you're thinking of somebody else. <laughs> oh, it's your other son? Yeah. And uh, moved our my eldest daughter into her dorm at college. And um, and as, as I was thinking of what have... Where have I been? What have we done? You mentioned the dentist. We both had. Were they simultaneous appointments? I think that the dentist was was not. Uh, One aware of the of reasons that. we go to this dentist is because they have multiple hygienists. It's like a twenty-five minute drive to go get to the dentist. They have multiple hygienists, and we can get simultaneous appointments because there's no reason to get back-to-back appointments because then a 30 to 45 minute visit is double as long and who wants that? So the reason we go there is because we can get simultaneous appointments. So yes, it was supposed to be both of us, each of us, having our teeth cleaned at 11 a.m. So you were immediately summoned in from the waiting room? Not at like 11.10 because I had to... 
I always because I was I had my eye keenly on on the time. You had a hard out. I had a hard out at noon, so we could get back home because I had to work. I had to do something for a noon sports center, so had to be out by noon. But an hour—that's plenty of time. So anyway, I went in. So not promptly. You went in with your big time TV diva. I've got a hard out at noon. Mm -hmm. I have to appear on the. The Noon Sports Center. No. I went in and said to the hygienist, um, will, I, will we be done by noon? Because I, and, uh, and she said something. I said, well, I, I, do, I, have, to go, I have to work this afternoon. It's my job. Um, but uh, like I didn't have a nail appointment or something. So anyway, she said, oh, yeah, no problem. We, no issues at all. You'll be done by noon. Okay, so go ahead. Well, I, I, I sat contentedly in the waiting room. Uh, that's a parade of of patients were arrived and were summoned in to have their teeth cleaned or God knows whatever other dental work they needed. And at 11.40, it became clear to me that the noon hard out was unlikely to um, happen since because there had been no in yet for you. Right. So I just assumed that I was going to be taking a 25-minute Uber back home since we drove together. Or that, um, or that I would be walking, which would have been significant, what sixteen mile walk or something. So, so I did get up and ask the receptionist um, at eleven eleven thirty five. I said, "Did I'm not sure if I've been forgotten about or?" And she said, "Oh no, um, I don't know what's going on in there. Let me let me let me find out." And then a couple of minutes later, I was, I was frantically summoned into the what the back room backstage at the dentist and um, one of their they said, cleaning uh, laboratories I said but before before I went back I said is there any point in going back I have to I have to leave at noon and uh, you know there's not going to be time no 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 we'll, we'll 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 basically speed clean your teeth you probably won't be able to see the dentist the dentist won't be able to see you but um, you know but if we were to blow it off now, our next appointment isn't for another year. So, so I, I submitted to this this uh, NASCAR pit crew of one speed cleaning my choppers, while at one point I think simultaneously the suction thing, the uh, the the needle nosed. Uh, plaque pick, yeah. and and uh, and the water and, pick and, the, uh, and the buffer, the rotary, the rotary yeah. tooth buffer, uh, were all you know with a gritty, sandy all paste. All three things it. were in your mouth, but there was only one hygienist. And 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 I think and I think uh, well, uh, um, maybe three. She's a three-handed octopus. Yeah, uh, yeah, who was also and then two lumberjacks were were <laughs> flossing my teeth at the same time. One holding either end of the of the thread. And it, it was it was a model of efficiency, and um, I left there with a clean, sore, gleaming teeth without knowing what what it what it hit me. So um, so at noon, at noon, a buzzer sounded and we were out of there. Yeah, dentist never saw you. I never saw the dentist. You never saw the dentist, and, and my favorite part was when we went. But to I was told I was told that I had. Uh, uh, Wonderful choppers, yeah. With the exception of the one that had been knocked out, my front left tooth, and that the hy- she the hygienist was confident that uh, 
even without having seen the dentist, I'd be fine until our next appointment. And I didn't know that any, any of this was happening. I didn't know how long you'd waited to go in. I didn't know anything about any of it because I was in getting my teeth cleaned. And But it makes it even funnier that the end of my appointment, the hygienist made our next appointment and said, uh, you and your husband like to be seen at the same time. And I said, well, if possible, but it doesn't matter. We can be on different days. Like, you know, it's not that far of a drive or whatever. And, uh, and wanted to make the appointment for six months later because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. But they didn't have an appointment available for nine months. And she's like, oh, you don't have your next appointment in here yet. I'm like, well, how far what, am I supposed to book the next three appointments? <laughs> this is absolutely absurd. So anyway, it was an absurd trip but to the dentist. But at least I got the normal cleaning and the dentist even looked at my, my choppers. <laughs> oral hygiene and our trip to the Cape, uh, these two things are conjoined in this uh, final anecdote of the week that 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 springs to my mind, which was, um, you mentioned it, we went to the beach and we brought, you say not a lot of things, I say quite a number of things. One of those things, you had very thoughtfully packed a cooler with snacks and drinks, something you always do when we go to the beach. I, I sit there mummified in long sleeves and and wide-brimmed hats under a beach umbrella. So I'm only there to read and to snack. But um, but you asked. You have, we have a bag of individually wrapped <laughs> chips. What would everybody like? And I said, I have dibs on the Cooler Ranch Doritos. It was, it was a multi-pack that was not opened. And you could have popcorn, smart food, pretzels, Doritos, Potato chips. So everybody told me what they wanted. I threw in a few extras. So I, I usually, we went to the, we went to the I beach. try to hold out for a good five or 10 minutes after we get to the beach before I break into the snacks, knowing that we're going to be there for at least an hour longer than I want to be there. But right. but, um, but if we're there five minutes, we're there a lo- an hour longer than you want to be there. You just don't particularly like the beach. Well, I, don't, I, I do like the beach. I like sitting in a chair. Read, I, I like frolicking in the surf, a gambling uh, in the you know ankle deep water, I like to boogie board. I, I uh, all of that stuff, but but um, you know it's the 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 uh, unforgiving rays of the sun. I have to do all of this in a beekeeper's suit. Right. So right. I, I don't I don't love that aspect of it. But um, but I, I was very content to sit in a chair and eat my Cool Ranch Doritos, which you tossed to me from the cooler. Mm-hmm. I busted them open, uh, took a lusty bite of a, a Dorito and um, gagged. I mean, I don't even know how to describe the the taste, the texture. It was uh, it was immediately clear to me that the expiration date on those Doritos was going to be quite something, and the expiration date was ten twenty twenty twenty. October twentieth of twenty twenty. So, 2020. Not so yet presumably, three years old. presumably they were manufactured at least four years ago, before COVID, before we knew of anything. Cons- I never considered in a different at world. The expiration date. They're individually packed. Well, you kept saying you kept saying they were, you kept saying they were individually packed. What does that have to do with anything? Aren't all snack products individually packed? I, don't I mean, know. I just, how, how would that affect its know. its freshness? And I don't way? know. I just felt like if stuff was vacuum packed and sealed, that it was going to be fine. And it wasn't vacuum packed and sealed. It was. It was. It was just 
that's just it was a stuff. bag of chips. I know, but a bag of bags chips. of chips vacuum packed, vacuum what, what is, sealed. What does the vacuuming have to do with anything? I don't anything? know. I don't know. But I'm 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 an imbecile for for not knowing how the salad centrifuge works. But yes, but, you are. But you thought the vacuum packed Doritos would be good. I never considered looking. No, I just didn't. If I had seen that they had expired in 2020, I never would have packed them. I had no idea. If you had seen they expired, I assumed they were if you, recent vintage. If you had seen they expired in 2020, you'd, you'd have said they're fine. They've been vacuum packed. No, I would have said that if they expired in 20 earlier in 2023, but not in 2020. Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. We don't have viewer mail this week from Dr. Siegel, but we continue to think of him, including a um, friend of mine who's a a Mets fan who texted me the other day that uh, he has bought a Braves hat in, uh, in honor of Dr. Siegel. So shall we get to it? Yes. Uh, first viewer mail comes uh, from Kathy in Torrington, our resident behavioral health nurse. Hello, Kathy. Rebecca, writes Kathy. You mentioned your father last week when Steve read my email about my granddaughter running cross country. Lily has met Lily has met your father and your sister at many races. Your father gave her a great supportive talk after she had a not so great race result and was really down on herself. He's offered her encouragement, and they've had some great running conversations. Both Lily and my daughter, who coaches, think very highly of your dad. That's Kathy from Torrington. It's so nice. I remember her writing that in the past, that my dad had uh, talked to her at a race. Is the implication that I do not? I hope the implication, and there, there is no reason to draw this implication, that, that uh, no reason to draw this in- inference that uh, I don't think very highly of your dad because, of course, of course I do. Oh, I would hope you do. Well, of course I, I mean, you hope you do. You know that I do. Right. Just because he didn't care for my vanilla uh, seltzer water <laughs> and, and very poorly disguised that. I mean, it's not like you, it was homemade seltzer water. It was just he didn't care for the canned product that you offered him. It's not a personal uh, affront. I find I find when offering people seltzer water that it's, it is often a canned product. I'm not I'm not making it myself in my well, in my. Uh, our next viewer mail comes from Tom in Missouri. Tom in Clayton, Missouri. Hello, Tom. Tom writes having hearing mentions of Ricardo Montalban and Bob Newhart on consecutive episodes recently reminded me of the day I crossed paths with both of them. Come on, reminded me of the day, the individual day. That he crossed paths with well, both Ricardo Montalban, mm-hmm. Mr. Rourke from Fantasy Island, of course. and Bob Newhart, who, by the way, as we record this on Tuesday, turns 94 today. Really? Really. And I've, uh, I've just, I, I have I one episode left. I have one episode left of the 1974, I think it is, second season, the 73-74, second season of the Bob Newhart show, the one set in Chicago, where he's a psychologist. And um, 24 episodes in that season. I've watched 23 of them, and, and it's just, it's it stands up. Uh, so let's hear it, Tom. I was living in Los Angeles 
and I was attending a Good Friday service at St. Paul the Apostle Church in West Los Angeles. St. Paul was an interesting church because the parish boundaries covered apartments lived in by UCLA students and incredibly expensive homes owned by very famous people in the adjacent community of Holmby Hills. At some point on that day, I noticed that sitting a couple rows in front of me was Montalban, who would have just finished Fantasy Island a year or two earlier. A bit later, I turned around and saw that sitting a couple rows in back of me was Newhart, who was in the middle of the run of Newhart. I don't know if I knew it when I got there, but it was a one-hour service followed by a two-hour service, and both Montalban and Newhart stayed for both. I figured if those two were going to stick it out, I could too. If my memory is working, they stopped and chatted after the service. I mean... That's crazy. I mean, it's incredible. Truly. I mean, I don't know know what's more incredible, that the two of them are at the same service or that they both stayed for three hours. But well, both are impressive. Uh, on, on Regarding Bob Newhart, Jerry the orthodontist uh, in... On the new on the Bob Newhart show, the original Bob Newhart show, uh, Peter Bonners is a Marquette alumnus who also directed many of those Bob Newhart shows and a bunch of other shows um, after that. I've also been to that visitor area on Mount Rainier, writes Tom. I was in Seattle for work and had free time in the afternoon, so I drove as far as I could up the mountain on a nice day, though it got pretty cold when you got toward the top. Once I got there, though, I realized I had to be somewhere by 6 p.m., and it was a two-hour drive back to Seattle, assuming I didn't hit any traffic, so I had better get going. I raced down the mountain and was looking for a place to grab something to eat on the way. I saw a jack-in-the-box drive through that had no one in line, so I drove in, ordered a hamburger, and then as I waited for my food, it occurred to me, why there was no one, no line. This was just after the Seattle Jack-in-the-Box E. coli outbreak had occurred when several people had died because of insufficiently cooked burgers. As I considered my options, I decided that I would probably never get a more thoroughly cooked burger than I would that day, which was apparently the case since it was a very long wait to get my food. I think they were surprised to see me. Uh, we, we didn't, that Jack-in-the-Box... That particular one must not exist anymore because we did not pass a Jack in the Box. Does Jack in well Jack in the Box still exists, right? Yeah, the chain. We, I think that chain still exists. We didn't pass Jack in the Box. We didn't pass one, no. On what must be the only route between uh, downtown Seattle and and the Mount Rainier Visitor yeah, Center. I think. As someone who has written a letter or two to viewer mail over the years, writes Tom, it's hard not to be impressed by DGS and his dedication to the podcast. Uh, nor, for that matter, the dedication to this podcast by YouTube. It's really hard to be a regular correspondent under any circumstances, but to do so on a deadline while delivering babies is not simple. All the best, DGS. That comes from Tom in Clayton, Missouri. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, that sneeze, you. by the way. Yeah, that, no, it reminds me of. It reminds me of the same thing. When we were walking on the on the path at the, at the Cape, and there were a lot of people riding bikes, people walking. Lots of people. We, we passed... Uh, a couple. They were older than us, wouldn't you say? Or about our age, maybe? They were scooping poop. He was opening a, a, a dog well, he bag. Was, he had a, was holding a leash with a dog on the other end, as was she. And as we walked past them, the dog sneezed. And the dude said, bless you. <laughs> I've never heard a person but he, he didn't bless say, their dog. He didn't say it to comic effect or anything. He said, trying to be discreet, but we just happened to be walking by. He, he bent down and said, bless you. Yes. It was a little weird. I found it odd. It was odd. But people, Maybe not weird, but it was slightly treat odd. treat their dogs as members of the family, so, yeah, right? Yeah, that was odd. Then you treat members of your family, at least in this case. You'd be so lucky as you if I dog. treated you as well as I treat our dogs. Uh, absolutely. I, I would be. 
Tom, thanks for the uh, the viewer mail. That that I mean, Ricardo Montalban, Bob Newhart Summit at Mass. I mean, it's it's incredible. I assume and hope Ricardo Montalban was in a white tuxedo. You would, I mean, only hope. Deb writes, uh, our, she's a resident code expert in Minnesota. She writes, greetings, I saw this and thought of you guys. I thought it was pretty funny. Deb, your resident code expert. And um, and the, the attached photo, Rebecca, is hilarious. Um, it is a puzzle box, a 500 feet puzzle box featuring a horse mm-hmm. on the on the on the cover. Mm-hmm. And then the 500 pieces of puzzle have been assembled as a <laughs> have been assembled as a horse. not as a puzzle, but a is a kind of a collage. The uh, that is the outline of a horse. That's great. I mean, I don't know if you can post this, Rebecca, but it's a uh, it's hard to describe. But it is the 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 backs of the pu- well, the backs and the fronts of the puzzle. I don't know. Um, assembled, I assume, glued together and shaped uh, like the horse that's on the box. It's pretty clever. Yeah, pretty cool. And when we were on Cape Cod, Rebecca, the weather was nice. It wasn't raining, and yet, what did we do for two days? We did three thousand piece puzzles. It was a blast. We I mean, it's not you and I weren't doing the puzzles. Our family, the kids well, were doing. Two them. of us were, along yeah. with the the two kids two, who were yeah. there. It was um, it was really sweet. I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was a little family project and uh, and enjoyable. It was um, you know, we we just sort of grimly form an assembly line of sorting and edging and uh, colors and you know whatever the theme. Beer labels was one and. Uh, kind of video cassettes was another and we just go to, to work on individual projects and then assemble them later like we're we're putting together a uh, an office building or something. Yeah, that's great. And finally this week uh batting cleanup for us this week is uh, Melissa. No, Dr. Siegel's the only one who bats cleanup, so well, this is our final email today. She's batting fourth, yeah. Which is also the cleanup position, but you know, it's just words matter. You're telling me. <laughs> Melissa writes, "Greetings, Steve and Rebecca. Semi-completionist. Now, now that's where words matter. Semi-completionist. Yes, I like that. It, it's an oxymoron, right? But I like it. it, it what you're saying is you're an an, an, an incompletionist." Greetings, Stephen Rebecca, semi-completionist and second-time writer here. I know you're not an advice column, well, at least not yet, but hoping to pick your brain, especially Rebecca's, uh, touche, and perhaps even the brains of the loyal ball and chain nation that you've assembled over the years. All right, ready, Rebecca? I'm ready. This is your uh, this is your advice columnist debut. I have not read this. I'm a late 30s Connecticut-grown women's sports lover and looking to make a professional change. I've had a lot of success in my job in the adventure recreation industry the last 10 years, but I'm ready for a new challenge and would love to marry my professional talents with my personal passion and find a job that supports the women's sports industry. There has been so much amazing growth in women's sports, and I want to be a part of that change that is bringing so much value to not just women who play sports, but society in general. I'm a skilled, behind-the-scenes operational person that can help move a busy organization forward. Supporting a sports organization or a company related to women's sports would be a dream. If anyone has advice for how to break into the women's sports world or advice for a woman who wants to work in sports in general, please share the love. For reference, I currently live moments from UConn and would love to work in Connecticut, but I'm also open to following the path wherever this dream takes me. 
I hope this request isn't too presumptuous of me, but I figured it never hurts to put yourself out there because you never know who might point you in the right direction. And honestly, the Ball and Chain Nation has really felt like its own little family the last couple of years. Many thanks for continuing to make this pod yours truly, Melissa. Uh, Rebecca, can you give me, uh, me and Melissa any broad words of wisdom on um, on breaking into the broad uh, umbrella of the of the women's sports industry Ooh, um, I don't really have words of wisdom in terms of that I do know that um, people who are passionate at about women's sports are always the best ones to for me to work with whether it's at ESPN or at universities or with professional teams um, just the ones who who love women's basketball because that's my sport um, and work really hard are great for me to to work with in terms of getting into that industry I, mean, I don't that, I would say this is a this is uh, a good start is soliciting advice and and kind of stating up front what you know right. what your your dream is and and pursuing that i i always find not that my advice is of use to anybody but i always find when when uh particularly students write to me you know aspiring writers write to me that they're pretty much ahead of the game by having sought the advice of somebody who's doing what they want to do you know yeah that's what i guess that that's probably the best advice is to you know what is it, it and it's hard to know if you don't know all the things of, that are that are available um, in the sports world. But what is it per, in particular that you want to do? And then find the person who's already doing it and ask them um, for their best advice. And we'll put it out there to the uh, Ball and Chain Nation, as she puts it. If anybody has any advice, I mean, you know, um, on breaking into the women's sports industry or breaking in how you broke into, you know, whatever your dream you wanted to pursue was professionally, and Melissa and we would love to hear it. Right, Rebecca? Yes, of course. And on that note... Denny Gallagher, thank you. We've got to have Denny on soon because he's had some big news happenings in his life. Um, but for Denny Gallagher, thank you. Tom DeCari, play us out. There's no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test Androgynous and vigorous what we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's 
hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. 